Hey guys, Steve here, Potent Ponics. Today we're gonna to talk about gr 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 growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. don't know uh, Josh from Dutch Blooms. Uh, Josh uh, puts on uh, a lot of work into the community and getting a lot of content out there. Uh, he helped put together the Science of Regenerative Organic Cannabis Conference, which had its third year this year. Um, and uh, I was over in Africa, but I heard they did an awesome job of getting it going before COVID kind of threw a wrench into everything. So uh, um, I'm sure they'll be back at it again uh, next year. So um, really looking forward to that but Josh has really helped put together a lot of great content for the community and a lot of great information for the community and put a lot of hard work in, in into it and he has a really awesome farm up in Washington where he does um, uh, kind of a, a integrated uh, permaculture using aquaponic methodology and sustainable soil methodology and living soil methodologies all kind of in one amazing uh, property I've had the pleasure of teaching up there and uh, it's a really wonderful place so uh uh, really happy to have him on. Um, let's go with uh, Cheryl Howe. Cheryl Howe, you on the Mammoth P. If you want to email me at potentponics uh, at gmail.com and then uh, Ash, Ash B, email me at potentponics at gmail.com we'll, uh, with your address and we'll get those out to you. Thanks a lot. All right, Josh, go ahead and uh, uh, tell everybody about your farm. Yeah, man. Um, uh, shoot, I just, I'm taken back by Rob, dude. Honestly, uh, we, we, I just realized that I'm a bit slow on the feed and, uh, he was, he was, he was a cool dude. I didn't know him that well, but, uh, he came out to the conference in Portland and, uh, interview, interviewed us. And so I'm, you know, shout out to his family and, um, shout out to the Growcast and the work they're doing over there, guys. They, they, uh, work really hard and do a number of different podcasts. Um, there's the cannabis one and then they do a coffee one and, and a bunch of stuff so if really really you guys should check them out they do some quality stuff so and uh on that mammoth pea stuff have you guys you guys have obviously talked about mammoth pea and aquaponics um that's a question we haven't question. touched on it we haven't touched on it much during the conference but it definitely is one of the in terms of microbes that you can add to aquaponics one that that really unlocks the most amount of total ppms uh, for something that you can simply add to your system. But uh, uh, there's lots of other great uh, compounds out there as well. PSB is another one if you want to make your own and you don't have access to mammoth pea. And you're, like when we were in Zimbabwe, it's a little bit hard to get mammoth pea there, but uh, we had to make some similar stuff. But if you're in the States, and especially if you're getting started, it's, it's an incredibly great product for aquaponics. Yeah, and you can grow it out too in a brew, in a brew tank um, to increase your application. Um, so I want to just invite you, Steve and Marty, to, to, to be a part of this conversation. Um, the way I, I just want to approach it by telling a, a bit of my journey in aquaponics and having you guys ask questions and be a part will help, um, help me sort that out. So let me see if I can flip my video. There we go. This is just, I'm standing in front of this beautiful butt. I don't know how well it comes through on the screen. Um, but this is one of the, this is just a beautiful, it's, it's a Blue City Diesel. And I'm really proud of this field. It's a big field of ganja. I don't know, there's like a hundred some plants here. And last year was the first time I planted in ground. Um, the soil was totally fucked up by yours truly. Um, I had to clear what was a forest you can see to put in my farm. 
if I didn't have to, I did. And uh, it really obviously destroyed the land. And so what I have been doing out, outdoors is I've been building up, building Hugo cultures. And uh, that's been really successful for me. And uh, came to the tail end of last year and I decided to throw some plants in the ground and it, it was just kind of a, a, a toss. And then this year I threw them in early and uh, it really kind of was a, a testament to the, to the tech, if you will, that I've arrived to via aquaponics as, as a big teacher and a big part of it. And so this, this field is essentially grown with, uh, I, I, put, I literally took the plants out of the pots, put them on the ground um, and shovel compost around them and then turn overhead sprinklers on. And uh, once a week I would pump out my aquaponics tank and just so drench them. And then I foliar fed them a uh, fulvic acid spray and that's it. And so it's a pretty, it was a pretty cheap way to grow a lot of good, good weed. And the compost that I put on there was grown. Uh, it was municipal compost that I bought and injected with fish shit. And so that's part of the tech. And so this, the microbes that are involved in this are, you know, what I think, I like to think of, you know, a mix of the terrestrial and the, and the aquatic, you know, microbes. And, and it produces some fucking awesome ganja, you know? So flip this back around. I started with aquaponics in 2011, 2012. I was in Minnesota, Stillwater, Minnesota, and answered a Craigslist ad for a hydroponic grower. And I would, I really needed a job. And I thought, well, I grow weed. I'm, I could probably fit that bill. This has got something got it, you know, with weed. You know, so, you know, because I'm used to the West Coast where you where we were selling clones on Craigslist and stuff. So, you know, in Minnesota, I just figured it was someone that was, needed some work in their garden. And I showed up and I ended up getting a job at this aeroponic farm, Lettuce Grow. It was a startup. And they brought in uh, this guy, Richard Stoner, and he worked with NASA in the 80s to develop aeroponics. And I learned a ton about this. We designed a 50,000 square foot lettuce facility where we were growing a-frame um, design with a, a sprayer that ran down the middle of an aisle. Um, I won't explain the whole thing, but uh, it, the only way that you can grow aeroponically is with chemical nutrients. It's just to, to get to, the true aeroponics is with chemical nutrients and because you have to get such a fine spray. And, and then the whole point is to, to reduce down to the smallest amount of water, to the smallest amount of nutrients. And so you need the finest mist and you need the, the finest particles. So, so organic material just doesn't pass, it won't do that. It will coat the roots and et cetera. Um, so I started questioning, how do we do this you know, organically in my head as I'm working at this place? And I got the boss to give me the go ahead to do a trial with aquaponics. I, um, what I do, I Googled, I just started Googling organic hydroponics and it was like, boom, there's aquaponics, there's Murray Hollum. I ordered the book kit DVD thing, read it in you know a couple hours and was like, let's do this, man. Let me, let me set this up. So he gave me like 16 trays, I think, you know, four by eight trays. And I, and I built a little pond tank system and set it up and, 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 and you know, uh, two months later, it was the only thing growing in this, you know, 50,000 square foot facility. All the aeroponic stuff was failing, and um, but but what we had done because this guy was was kind of just kind of wanted to push the boundaries, and it was really frustrating to me as a 
the young dude was he was trying to he's like we got to crack the code on how to do this uh, aeroponics um aquaponically and so we started playing around with refracting the spray and so we would run uh, i think we were running half inch lines half inch pvc lines and drilling eighth inch holes on the bottom and they were spraying down to the bottom of uh the, the you know grow tray and then we were suspending cocoa core mats uh, on top of the thing and so the the roots would grow down through and, and get the splash and so um i ended up not working there um and i i got really interested into aquaponics and two months later i bought two greenhouses and started a an aquaponics farm to grow microgreens and I, I bounced on that tech and I, I literally spent, this was, it was like 2011, 2012. And so there was hardly any, any information out there. Um, Steve, I don't know if you were, you went, if you were working at um, that place in Colorado, even then, you know, but um, it was hard to find information. So, you know, there's a lot of just going and figuring shit out. And um, so I spent like two years building and rebuilding uh, I took a course with Will, Will Allen and learned the the, um, the two-layer system. And so I had all these media beds and I would end up having to shovel them out and clean them out and put mammoth pea in there and put seaweed in there and put calcium in there and put iron in there and just figuring all this stuff out slow and hard and painful and growing microgreens and selling them. And um, it evolved to, at that farm, um, at the best success I had was growing tomatoes. And I set up in a, in a greenhouse, very similar to this right here, my cannabis, this is my cannabis greenhouse. But I set up uh, two IBCs as the fish tanks. Um, they're 250 gallons, so it's 500 gallons worth, worth of fish tanks. And um, I ended up, um, I think I had, I went into a filter, a very simple swirl filter and then up into a gravel media bed. And that just circled and circled and circled. And then I had the toma tomatoes planted in pots, the soil, five gallon pots. And they were they would get they would get like three minutes of water, you know, three or four or five times a day, whatever it was of this aquaponic water. And, and it had the math all figured out and they were cycling through the whole tank, you know, once a day and it was getting fresh water tapped in there. Um, and I had it, had it loaded with, with tilapia. I think I was running over a hundred fish per tank, you know, pretty stocked, you know, large fish, you know, not, not tiny ones. Cause I was just running through the water and that's when I, it, it, I kind of like it clued onto me, this, this connection between the soil and, and the, uh, the, the fish poop. And then, uh, fast forward, you know, no, a couple of years later, I'm growing cannabis and I finally get this, this legal permit and I finally buy, buy my own property. And it's like, all right, here I go. I'm going to set it up. Am I going to set up an aquaponics cannabis facility? And I, you know, it it, it was a big conundrum, you know, and because because the, the problem was was the finances to put it together. It's more expensive to set up uh, a big aquaponics system than it is to set up a soil system, and so I decided to go with the the soil. You know, I should also also rewind a little bit and say that I I, I in uh, you know. That's at some point I switched over to growing back to cannabis and um, 
I was growing a warehouse and I would, I implored the same technology, the two IBC totes. If you look back on my Instagram feed, you can see it with a double raft system and swirl filters. And that would go into my grow rooms and that's how I fed them. Um, and I did that for a couple of years living soil beds. And so when I moved to this, um, I had, uh, this property, I probably have one, two, three, four, five aquaponic systems that are like very, very low tech. And that's kind of where I've arrived to in the, in this, this relationship is for me, um, I chose to go back to soil because of the finances, but it also clicked and has made sense along the way. So I want to kind of be honest about that. The finances were part of the driver, but then when it came down to practical growing, uh, in, in my vision and my, what I want to do in terms of growing is I want to farm and I don't want to manage employees. I'm kind of a cranky ass boss. Um, I, I really am just very particular about this shit and I want to do it my way. And so I can fill, I can take all the, all my clones out of a cloner and put them, put them directly in these soil beds and then give them 10 days to veg and boom, we're going, um, versus in the, uh, the dual root zone system, you have to repot and move and that's labor and, and, and money and, and shit I couldn't do or don't want to do. So, um, I've kind of arrived at this system where I'm, I have these aquaponics systems all over the place and I'm harvesting the poop and I'm, I'm taking that poop, you know, basically five gallons at a time, two to five gallons at a time and dumping it into one big poop mixing tank. <laughs> The, uh, the remineralization tank, which I'm sure has been talked about at the conference. I haven't, you know, have you talked, you guys talked about remineralization here yet? A little bit, yep. A little bit yesterday. Excuse me. Um, and so I, I, it all goes into this remineraliz remineralization tank. And then I pull off of that tank and I pull it, put it into uh, 100 gallon can brewers. You, can you show people your tank? Yes, I can. Yeah, I'm going to walk through here. So, okay. I, I was going to say, why yeah, don't you no, show them? Yeah, please do that. Slow me down. I get I get nervous. That's why I need you to kind of slow me down. Oh, no. Hey, you, you have all these wonderful things there. Show us what you do. So, this is uh, Steve and I actually built this. This is an unfunctional aquaponic system that I haven't finished. Sad to say, I hope to finish this very soon. And this will be my veg space. Um, you can see we've designed the beds. We even have the plumbing in. Um, but I have a temporary swirl filter that I can pull off, you know, basically five gallons of pull of fish shit. And it goes into just a simple up and down media bed full of weeds. And I got green water over here, you know, just fucking running. And uh, it's not the fancy. I have probably 25 butterfly koi in there. And I just let it rock. I try to keep it shade covered a little bit. And all I'm doing is pulling that, that off right now. You know, hopefully in the next month, I'm going to be able to convert this whole thing, throw a greenhouse over it, and it'll, you know, house on my mom's. And then I'll be able to take my cuttings and house on my, my veg stock in here. Um, I want to come back to the stream because the stream is kind of the evolution of where this is and going. And, and uh, the, you guys were talking about it yesterday with... Um, I forget the woman's name, but she was growing the fruit trees and, and aquaponics. Yes, uh, um, Angela Tenenbrook. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that 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 marriage is just 
so beautiful. So I pull, I pull off that and I, and I just put it into a simple brew tank where it's just aerating 24 seven. Um, you can kind of see it bubbling back there. You guys gotta excuse my mess, it's, it's harvest season. But uh, there's a little bit of you know, tech involved in this too. So this is a 100 gallon brewer. It's got a linear pump. These things are rock solid piston pump. Um, they're expensive, but they're rock solid. And then I have this cool fancy fitting here. Um, and the cool thing about it is you can see the valves all come apart. And I can take this whole thing apart uh, when I need to and, and clean the whole thing. And it's not as important for this setup as it is for my, my brewers to, to clean those. This one's kind of always going and, and doing that thing. And, I, and I'll just pull off five gallons and then I put it into one of my other brewers. There's a, a 200 gallon one, but I, I mostly use these these 100 gallon brewers here and kind of shuffling around. Um, but this is what a typical brew setup looks like for me. And then I can just pull off of this into, uh, into my spray rig, which is around here somewhere. And uh, I, can, I can inject into the soil. I can, down here I'll show you guys. I can inject into the soil. I can spray it foliarly. Um, and I can, you know, drench. And so more often I drench, more often than not. This is uh, the last of that compost pile that, that I injected. You know, I, we probably injected this with, I don't know, close to 500, 1,000 gallons of fish shit, brewed out fish shit in that manner. So we go five gallons fish shit, 95 gallons water, six ounces molasses, 30 hours brew, inject into the compost. And, um, uh, Pumping and pumps are very important. I don't know if you guys have got into this, but when you're dealing with biology, um, especially biology post harvest, you know, post brew, post where you want it to be, you got you got to you got to avoid impellers, propellers, pumps. You have to use diaphragm pumps, and so that's what um, is special about this this sucker is that it, it, I used a a diaphragm pump, which is pretty common in, in um, you know, these type of spray rigs, but I overbuilt it so that it could handle the, the, the grud and um, could get some distance without damaging and going over 100 PSI, you know, because we can't keep it under 90. And uh, that's a very expensive machine that I can drag all over my farm. I got a spray rig, but I want to show you this. I'm kind of going off, off thing here, but... This is, uh, and check out this company, Synergy Ag Pro in California. Let me turn my thing sideways. It uh, does, it's 13 and a half gallons a minute, 120 volts, 70 PSI. Um, it's plug and play diaphragm pump that I hook up to this 275 gallon brewer and I just use use a pump, air pumps to brew, and then I can uh, flip a valve and turn that on and I can sp spray it, same thing, or uh, drench it, which I, I'm more than likely I, I'm drenching. Um, 
walking or not. And that's that's kind of the basic tech right there is is the harvesting of the fish poop and and you know a lot a lot of people building aquaponic systems most everybody uses uh, propeller pumps and um, you know Steve and I have talked about it he doesn't think it makes a difference um, instinctually for me um, it, it makes sense that it would make a difference but um, you know so the theory is that the propeller is chopping up a percentage of microbes in, in the solution in the water um, in a thriving aquaponic system you have an abundance of, of, of microbes and so if you're killing off whatever the hell percentage of this is kind of the, the where we've come to conclusion is whatever percentage of it it's not, it doesn't matter that's where Steve is at with it I'm at with the you know because I'm a perfectionist dork I'm just like it matters dude like if, if, if it matters it matters we're going to use stainless steel dude like you know what I mean I'm just kind of like that way and so I, I kind of would like to challenge um, someone to, to to pull some data on that and maybe you know do some small comparisons um, but for me and in, in my setups I really like that pump because I can use that I have two of those and I'm about to hook it up to the system over here I showed you um, and that'll be the driver. It'll suck from the very bottom of the pond, so it's getting all the all the poop, right? And then it'll go up into a big radial flow filter where I can pull my shit off of, and uh, then it'll go into my media beds where I will I will grow my moms in um, in dual root zone pots, big dual root zone pots, like twenty gallons, not small ones, because um, I want to have big plants and I can just take bunches of clones off of. So that's uh, kind of the tech I've been at for, I don't know, four or five years is this continuous cycle of, and I apply the, the, the compost fish poop brew once a week, twice a week, once every couple of weeks, kind of as needed for the plants. And um, the cool thing about it is it, for me, it, it gives me a lot of flexibility to not have to be a chemist in aquaponics and not have to measure all these things. <clears throat> I can balance you know a little bit of calcium here and there a little bit of iron here and there based upon what i'm seeing the plants growing in the media bed filter um and it's just you know i just can take it a little bit more laissez-faire because i have all the nutrients in in the in the soil and what i'm really trying to get out of this this fish stuff is microbes in my mind you know in mineralized nutrients um so it's kind of developed from there into uh, Creek Tech. And um, I'm, I'm, this is, you know, Creek Tech in progress, right? Um, there's, a, there's a big pond back there behind this field and a little stream. And what I have so far is this, this I've dug out a little bit. I'm gonna come in here and manicure this hole line it put a, a drain on the bottom so all the all the poop comes into here and i can pull it off with that diaphragm pump into a radial flow filter and then down into the stream which i'll fill more with media and i've made a series of you know i'm kind of working doing it slow as i can you know i'm, I'm just doing the shoveling myself here i don't have even a tractor i have a couple little goldfish in here if you can see them 
So I have a couple little, you know, ponding, you know, kind of spaces as the water flows through. And then this over here will be another one. And then it goes through another one on the other side before it goes back into um, the pond. So the, the, the end goal is my, my property is long and narrow. And I have kind of, I'm going to make layers of ponds. So next summer, after I build this and get this filled how I want it, next summer, I'll dig another pond up there. And I'll end up having a series of basically where, where the sediment or fish poop can kind of come off and it can hang in there and mineralize on its own and I can pull it off as I need it. And um, also send all of the, the, the rainwater from all my buildings into this system. Send all the rainwater from my property as it comes down into this system so I can collect a lot of water because that's really, you know, that was the big driver for me when I got interested in aquaponics is that water is an issue. Water is an issue. And that was back in 2012. And it's more of an issue. Um, it really is. Like I, I dug a well on this property here, 180 feet, cost me $15,000 in it. And it was, it was bunk. It, it, you know what I mean? It, it had, it was poison. It was full of shit. And so we just had to like, whoops, let's just not do that. So it was kind of like, there was a lot of drivers that, that, that pushed to this, but now as I've kind of walked into this and, and set this stuff up and, and, and building it, I'm, I'm realizing that this kind of what is the way that we should all be designing our farms or our gardens, whatever size it is. Um, and I kind of like want to make the argument that, look back here. I also have ducks in the system here, you know, and frogs and all the stuff that comes with ponds. Um, so you get, you get that diversity, which is cool. But I kind of want to make the argument that, that every, you know, permaculture design, every regenerative farmer needs to have aquaponics. If you're indoor, if you're outside, whatever the situation, it's, it's such a, it can be such a simple technology when it's, a, in, when it's, you know, brought into soil and it, and it makes the soil life just uh, go off the charts for very, very little. And it's, and it's fun. You get to have fish, you know, all this stuff. So, uh, you know, and then, and then on, on a larger scale, like the way we can collect water and really conserve water, um, it's pretty huge. And um, I think that, that, you know, part of what I was learning in Minnesota when I was growing in those media beds and they were getting full of sediment, um, I, I ended up just kind of throwing my hands up and saying, I was having a hard time with... Um, bell siphons in this long bed I made. I made a 36 inch wide by 18 inch deep by, I don't know, 40 foot long media bed. And I was having a hard time to get it, getting it to, um, the bell siphon to work to raise and lower the water. So I ended up uh, just saying, yeah, and, and just lowering the the water, reducing the water flow and just, just having a, being a constant flow on the bottom. And, um, that's when I started to see my tomatoes in the media bed work after about a year later of doing that, because, you know, what was happening is all the, the, the gunk that was down there, the worms and everything, they were, they were turning that shit over and, and remineralizing it. And, and I ended up finding nutrient, you know, nutrient balance in that without, you know, 
without having to do all this other stuff. And it's kind of low tech farmer, farmer tech, the way I approach it. But uh, I think that it, it can take off a lot of the mysticism and a lot of the fear because it, you have to almost learn so much if you, you know, when you start balancing all this stuff and hearing people clean their pipes and all this stuff, I'm like, holy hell, like, that it's I'm not talking shit like that's super cool and that that's what you got to do if that's your system but it's it's not for me it's not the way I want to approach it and and I think it you know this kind of mixed way uh it, it makes it a little more accessible you want to say something Marty oh no I just got here oh hey dude hey how's it going good um yeah, you guys, is there any questions on yeah, any of that? Yeah, we had a, how exactly is the source water starting to flow into an existing pond? Question mark. There's a, right now, there's a propeller pump <laughs> down there at the bottom um, because that's what I got, that's what I, I got to do um, to get a powerful enough one that I can afford because diaphragm pumps are really expensive when you start to get into the big pumping and they're really loud. Um, so, there's, there's got to be a better solution, you know, maybe an air, air pump. But right now there's a big uh, uh, propeller pump down there that's, you know, pumping from the, you know, close to the bottom of the pond and just pumping up through here. And it's basically just to have water moving and keep it alive, you know, have ducks and stuff and the dog and they all drink off of it and do their thing, you know. Awesome. Um, I'm trying to see what, uh, what other questions we got in chat. Let's see. Uh, oh, the question asked, is it all man-made? Yes, 100%. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, I, I kind of went overboard, you know, in some ways. Um, but this is this can be very simple, you know, like I was trying to say these IBC tote systems, you know, one, you can start with one IBC tote, you know, you can get on Craigslist for $90, sometimes $60 if you look and wait. You know, get some some fittings, another 20, 50 bucks, 100 bucks on a pump, or 100 bucks on a reservoir, and some rocks, and you're moving, you know? And um, and then you can kind of add on from there. It's really simple. It's just, you know, buy another IBC tote, and it's really exciting, and you can start with goldfish, you know, and move into koi, and maybe get a couple of tilapia one day. And, you know, for what I, when I'm building my systems, it's really important to me to have uh, a, a variety of spe species of fish. Um, you know, so I have fish that are on the top of the system, in the middle of the system, on the bottom of the system, some algae eaters. Steve probably went into that big time in his talk. Um, yeah, yeah, we, well, we didn't touch too much on fish or just a little bit, but yeah, you can get, especially make a lot of money off of those algae eaters. Well, and it's, it keeps, you know, for me, right, I'm trying to harvest, you know, harvest that poop, harvest that poop in the most gentle way, you know, because so, that's, for me, I want it to be in this tank and just gentle, and I don't want a bunch of dead bodies in there, um, and I want that poop to be moving through the system, you know, and, and caught in the filter, and so having them in the different layers, you know, it keeps it all moving, you know. Do you want to show, uh, show off your greenhouse there? Sure. And yeah, the greenhouse is kind of, I should have gone in there sooner, but it's, it's where I put all my effort in, and it's where I've been pumping this compost tea fish poop water for three years. 
and it's a uh, natural soil that I uh, built raised beds and added a, a soil mix, essentially a potting soil mix that I, that I made myself. And um, next up, yes, I can. So yeah, um, it's full of a, a bunch of mixed plants here. There's a lot of sweet alyssum, thyme. Um, there's uh, creeping thyme. There's regular thyme. There is dichondra. There is a bunch of uh, oh man, what is this spacing? Oh, there's a bunch of stuff. And um, some of it's to keep the beneficial bugs. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about that at all, but uh, the Sweetalyssum um, the in particular is good for housing. Uh, is the road beetle? I forget the Aureus. Um, and uh, Aureus will get around and it'll pop on the plants and it'll come back to uh, the Sweetalyssum the and it'll, when, when the plants don't have pest pressure. So it's kind of nice. You don't have to buy as many um, beneficials, you know. Another one that I like is the Donatia the, the force is what it's called. They got these big little butts and uh, I'll see if we can see some, but I haven't bought them in probably two or three years and they just cruise around and they're always mowing. And um, this this greenhouse is it's it's coming into its stasis I, is, is kind of the way I think about it. Uh, I made this man-made thing. I have I have uh, heated bed, heated uh, pipes running down the, the bottom of these beds, so they come on in the winter in the heat root zone. Um, there's insulation four feet uh, down all the way around the perimeter of this thing. Um, you know, the water sheds into the, the pond, and uh, I suck that water back up, put it in my tank, you know, brew it, and, and dump it back into under the soil bed. So it's kind of a, a closed system in that way. Um, yeah, but I, I literally can throw uh, very healthy or very sick plants and they just become so healthy. Uh, and it's and it, at this point, I don't really have to add much. I've done rounds with, with nothing, not even adding water um, because there's so much life in the soil down there after three years of applying this, this fish food. And so these guys in the middle, they're, they're all looking a little scraggly um, because they went into, into flower and had to get them back in the bed a little bit. So you can see where they've just taken off. And I'll flip around to this other side and you'll see that, that how, how it's kind of the next step here. I've got a, a big uh, dehue there that I'm hooking up. This is the little brains for the root zone heating. Um, this is the brains for the computer, it controls the climate. This is uh, seeded, some seeded plants, the, uh, the Gary Payton, the uh, Hollywood PK, and uh, Medellin. And I got the uh, Carbolet over there too. But um, yeah, just see over here, plants are jamming. And they're all going to get flipped into flower next week week from uh, today or tomorrow.
yeah, so I don't know. Um, any more questions out there, Steve? Oh, just looking at chat, I'm trying to see what responses we got back left. Um, you know, one thing that I mean, that I also mentioned, you can hop in here with that question, but uh, genetics, I think it is an important thing, you know, especially growing cannabis. Um, you know, I, I started the seed company based upon the idea of biointelligent seeds and that, and then you can check out the, um, there, I'm space on dude's name right now. Basically, there's there's some science, and, and we've all kind of experienced that when we grow plants or seeds from, that have been grown in organic systems, um, they are more adaptive to growing in organic systems compared to plants that were grown in synthetic systems. And I think that you can take that to the next level. And there's definitely some dudes out there. Um, Eddie Medi extracts, you know, that are breeding specifically in in uh, aquaponics and um, and dual root zone systems, you know, and you know, maybe the seeds I'm doing, they're they're definitely living in that and, and see the seeds Steve makes. So I just want that to be a part of the folks' consideration in uh, how they, you know, move through the aquaponic world. And, and I think it's it, the same would be said about uh, vegetables too, you know. So. If you're a vegetable producer or whatever producer you are, um, give yourself a jump start if you can and, and get some seeds. And maybe that might take a little bit of research and, and looking around to some neighbor farms that, that are in your state that produce aquaponics. And maybe like, hey, Mary, can you do a seed run for me? Or I don't know. We're, we're figuring out, though. We had a question. Are you going to make changes somehow to ponds or for flowering cycle? To ponds for flowering cycle? No. No, no, I don't make changes to anything for flowering cycle, but the only change I make. So other than applying, you know, at this point, I'll, let's say I apply once a week, once every two weeks, twice a week, you know, uh, this compost tea. Um, other than that, the only thing I'm regularly applying is a fulvic acid spray uh, foliar, and I do that once or twice a week. And, um, and then I stop that when it in flower. And then that's it. Um, you know, I might stop, I'll probably, you know, usually we'll stop giving the compost tea, maybe week four or five, you know, just, just let it roll on water, but if the plants need a little boost, I'll give it to it, you know, <clears throat> and I don't do anything specific to change. I, I, I rely on the plants having, um, having the ability to choose that on their own. And, and then I provide the, the meal, not even the meal. I set the, I stock the fridge, if you will. Uh, ignorantly and foolishly, I stock the fridge as best I can um, with what I think they need, and then they make the meals they want. You know. What additional um, nutrients are you adding uh, to your teas? Somebody asked. I do add some stuff um, here and there. Um, humic acid is, is a big thing that I like to get into uh, around. I also practice uh, KNF. Um, so I'm kind of like practice all these different things and follow the way I'm vibe on the plants you know i know the cycle of the plants and the life cycle of the plants and what i've given them and 
what they need and 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 I you know just kind of go there instead of following a, a recipe book or a, a simple thing um I can use uh you know I can bump them with some calcium on a WCA or sometimes I'll sometimes I like to hit them with a good uh switchover with I usually do with a switchover full-on KNF banquet you know FDJ OHN um WCAP um and I have some, I mess around with seawater. I, I definitely uh, will dose once a cycle to twice a cycle with C90 um, in that foliar um, and also in a root drench. And that just gives a full mineral solution. Um, I used to do a lot of uh, um, adding meals every cycle and I, I got away from it for the last two years. And um, this last cycle, in, in honesty, I didn't add really anything except for the folic acid spray and water. And I, I felt that the, um, the crops, were, they were beautiful, but I felt that they, they could have been a little bit more potent. Um, I'm used to in the summer, just like when I'm out mowing the, 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 the side of the yard or whatever, by the greenhouse fan, just stopping and just like huffing um, the greenhouse fan. And it just wasn't quite there. And, and um, and so this round, I, I, I decided that, you know, I probably was missing some minerals and I, I decided to, to amend that with rock dust. So I threw a banquet of rock dust, uh, basalt, glacier. Um, I did um, the minerals from Crater Lake minerals. Um, so I did kind of a little banquet of that. And then I added some, um, some maxi crop. I'm a big fan of maxi crop. It's really expensive, but... Um, the plants love it, um, the fish love it, the fish water, everything loves it. And, um, and I actually was super blessed with, um, with uh, well, two things that, that I was blessed with, and I haven't really had this before, but Dragonfly Earth Medicine sent me um, some product that they made. And um, I hadn't really delved into what they do, and it's a really cool thing, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice meal. It's a, it's a really nice meal for these plants. And so I fed uh, their lush roots and then their green goddess. And then they gave me a foliar, which I had, I'm gonna use today. Um, but I, I totally saw these plants just turn up a notch uh, with, with that little like health shake, if you will. I mean, there's, there's, they have myocrysae in there. They have different bacillus species. Um, I could go grab the can and read it, uh, but, um, you know, when I when I first glanced at their product, uh, shamedly, I just kind of thought, well, I, I'm I'm getting all those things in my stuff, and I'm doing all that. You know, I don't need a product, and uh, and 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 then I, I gave I, I got gifted this stuff, and it was really cool, and to see the plants really, and I did it. I, I'm doing a trial comparison side by side, so I saw the jump in the and the ones that took that, and then. Um, the other thing I've been messing with this is, and I don't mean to just be like shouting out these companies, but these are, you know, if you guys, those guys know Josh and Kelly from Dragon Fire from us, and they're, they're a couple, and they're, they're friends of the community. They are, uh, they, they, they are big givers, and, and they, they give in knowledge and time and resources um, to a lot of people, and they're, they're very special people, and I'm glad to, uh, to tell you my honest experience with this um, since I was asked. And then the fulvic acid, um, I am getting from a company called Fulvonic, and they do uh, uh, ionized fulvic acid um, that is really cool. 
and they're just kind of a new company up north of me in Canada. And they reached out to a friend, um, Harlan Farms, who's a, a local, a, a fellow can upper. And um, anyways, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of fulvic acid. I, I can't say enough about it. I think it needs to be used in any form you can get it. Uh, a shout out to Dr. Robert Faust too. His company is really solid on their fulvic acid. Um, do you use it in your in your foliars at all, or Steve? I uh, I just stopped doing foliars altogether um, and do everything through the root zone these days. But uh, if I had a particular, maybe if I was doing uh, clones or seedlings, uh, I would definitely consider it for sure. But uh, other people have different methods that work good for them. So yeah. It's like my do-all, fix-all. And, and check out Dr. House episode of the podcast. I think he's been on twice now. Yep. Yeah. Says, uh, what about planting on the edge of ponds? Uh, could you plant on the edge of your stream? Totally. And that's, that's you know, in, in process, the things that shit show right now. Um, but yeah, there'll be intentional plantings all throughout the whole thing. Um, I want to have it set up so I can use it as a, like a dual root zone in the summer. Where I can just have a, a strip there where I can set plants. Um, I, I actually put an Instagram post about, you know, kind of advertising this conference a couple of weeks ago and, and, and showed how I'll, I'll just use, you know, one, one thing when I was in Minnesota, I was growing in all these media beds. And, and, and at the time, you just see any, any media publication, you'd see a picture of some dude with the lettuce holding a big old thing of roots like this out of the styrofoam, you know, floating craft going, you know, and I have this big old root zone and it was so cool. And so, you know, and doing that with my friends, maybe after a couple of beers once or twice, you know, being like, look how cool this is and stuffing them back in there. And, and, and then I started relying on that for different tech. You know, if I lost a cultivar or whatever, I knew that I could just shove it, pull it out of this and shove it in an aquaponics system. You know, I, I you know, I can, at, at the end of a cycle here, I'll show you, I've done it. Um, these guys right here, they're like, I'm going through, I'm basically breeding here on this farm and going through a lot of cultivars. And so I'm looking for different females that, that do it for me. And so I'm, at the end of the cycle is when I get to choose that. And so I'm just yanking, yanking these right out of the ground and throwing them in the stream for a week. Once I see new root growth, I throw them in a pot and uh, water them with the aquaponic water and, and put them in a 20 a veg cycle. And, and there's my first little growth there. And it's happening in all these guys. But I, I just kind of learned that I could use that as a tool um, for the different things I'm doing. And so I, I'm going to have that little platform there where I can sit some dual root zones or I can throw some, some plants down real quick and whatever water a tray if I'm in a hurry, you know, sometimes I'll do that. That's how, you know, I'll just throw a tray in there, you know, set it in there and let it get watered. Somebody asked, do you use recharge? I don't. No, and I, you know, for the most part, uh, I, I don't use really any products other than the stuff I was talking about, the fulvic acid and and this fish poop has really been in and, and I'll buy meals, you know, a crab meal and, and crab meal. And then I, I make the KNF stuff and that's really uh, been the, the staple. On that note, are you doing anything different for your IMO collections given your in, environment there? Um, I collect 
No, I I I collect I am on the same same old Korean natural farming method on rice. Um, I think there's a lot of um, merit to collecting on different local organisms. Um, it's not something I have had the time or desire to, to go into, um, to be honest. Like, I feel like I found a niche in my microbial pocket, get, you know, harvesting and, and you know, distributing my microbe, microbes. And so I, I kind of like, you know, put that aside and my real interest right now is in breeding, you know? And so I've kind of got this base where everything is constant and everything is even. And I can, it gives me a good look at genetics and I can make good selections that way. So. Well, what cultivars are your, your main ones you're rocking right now? Uh, well, behind me, uh, I'm really excited is uh, Cherry Pie Cross, or BX, Cherry Pie BX Cross Cherry West, which is a, a Cherry Pie BX2 um, crossed with uh, a Lime 1. And so uh, it's got some really, really loud flavors. I pulled um, a, a number of males out of this. This population was about eight or 900. And uh, I pulled probably 15 males. And it categorized into four or five flavor profiles. There's a, there's a lot there and um, it was very, very strong. Um, so I'm super excited to look at that. And then uh, this, whole, this whole section here, is um, uh, the Medellin 111, and it is stanky. I got it in a flower room, um, and dumping seed on it in another room, and it is very garlicky, um, almost like GMO uh, turned up a little bit. So I'm really excited about that. I, I mentioned the, the Pure Kush, the Hollywood Pure Kush, um, and uh, the Gary Payton I'm really excited about. Um, I've got that. This is the uh, this is the Testarossa F2 selection. Um, you know, you know it's, the buds are kind of doing their thing, right? But uh, it's very dark purple, gas on gas on gas, the rubber with the skittles in just the background. And uh, I'm really loving this plant. Um, I'm going to make the F3s out of these and get those out. Um, this one here, this is the skunk band. I'm really jamming on the skunk band. I dropped pollen on, on, on all this stuff with the skunk band. I pulled from Dominion. Um, this was a really beautiful one, too. It's just starting to read edge right there. Um, this is an Ethiopian cross sky cuddler fish that I made. And it has these big, just huge purple, green nugs and smells just like this deep, rich, floral zesty i don't know it's very hard to describe it it is very 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 pleasant here's some more stuff man uh i got a gg4 cross mac population i ran through and i found some really good stuff there and so there we go again revegging and so that's that's basically what i do i revege them take clones off that and then I'll, then i'll go through and and make the seeds off that and i have a good fresh stock so i can make them healthy and young. And then over on the other side is kind of my collection of all my genetics. Um, I've stocked about ice cream cake like everybody else, the ATF, the Congo, the Union Island. Um, 
of soda that I like. There's a jelly roll I got from my top foundation. It's pretty cool. And a dosi Leo still in. Um, I got an Oreo for Mr. Green Jeans that I'm loving. Um, my ATF that I've had for a while. The, I just got the Taiho back, which uh, brings me to the point. I was going to do a donation uh, giveaway if you want to do it, whatever. Um, I, I was down to give away a breeder's pack, if you will, 100 seeds of uh, the uh, Ethiopian, or, or no, excuse me, it's the Triangle Kish cross G13 house plant crossed onto my Taiho plant that I've held. Um, and I, I think we've smoked some of that Taiho in the past. And it's uh, the Taiho is great ape crossed cherry pie crossed uh, Tahoe OG. And it's uh, phenomenal. It's you get it down to the end and you just like want to eat the butt type, you know, weed. And you're just like, oh my gosh, it's still so tasty. Just like, let's just save that one over there for a little bit. So uh, I'm down to throwing a hundred pack and we can do that, uh, give that away, whatever it looks for you guys schedule. Other than that, uh, Steve, this is a really cool man, uh, cool thing you did. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for it coming on. Uh, it's always awesome to see living soil beds that are being fed from uh, on those types of setups. And uh, you have one of the cooler setups out there and definitely unique for sure, trying to combine the two methodologies and do a, uh, uh, permaculture design. I think a lot of people haven't kind of seen it in practice and it's nice to kind of see it in person. And it can be simple. That's like why I wanted to show the work in progress, you know, like you know, the questions like, do you want to plant the edges? Yeah, I have all those plants, you know, but it can also be very simple. Get a pump and a water source and another water source and make it move and put some rocks in there and some poop and, and, and just, you know, start knowing. All right. Well, hit uh, hit him up over. Uh, uh, I guess reply to. I guess he'll do a post over on his Instagram, uh, uh, and then uh, about uh, how to do the giveaway because uh, uh, I don't want to get us flagged here on on the on the video here. But uh, we'll we'll follow up. But definitely follow up with Dutch Blooms on that, and and check his Instagram for more info. All right. Well. Um, uh, Thanks a lot for coming on. How do people find more information about you and what you're doing? Um, right now, uh, regenerativeseeds.com uh, is the seed bank. And uh, I also, I'm, I'm really proud, uh, as a side note to those folks that are in Washington, I'm really proud of been working with uh, Kaya at Pacific Northwest Roots, who is also a, a local cash uh, maker, breeder, grower, producer, and he's a... Uh, he took all my all my greenhouse crops that I've been running through and made some beautiful hash, and we got it in jars and it's off for testing. And so for the first time, owning a, a, a rec license, you know, first time in basically, you know, four or five years, I'm going to have some product in stores, and he he made that all possible. And so I'm I'm really excited about that. And it's you know it's under my label Dutch Blooms, so pretty cool. And, uh, and then also the conference, regenerative uh, organic cannabis.com. Um, we're kind of on, on COVID pause, you know. I'm uh, not really sure what to do. I, I might throw out a, a poll here and see if we do an online thing. Um, just kind of waiting to see, honestly, what happens in the fall. You know, if the fall, if everything starts to get worse, I probably won't lean towards doing an online thing and making something happen and, 
and, and taking care of those people who bought tickets and trying to make it feel really good to everyone. But I just kind of want to see how this goes. If it's, if it's getting better, I really want to get together with everybody. I'm missing, I'm missing people real bad this time of year. So stay safe, everybody. <laughs>